Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simalong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Rebecca Reyes from IBM join us. Rebecca, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. So my name is Rebecca Reyes. I come from a diverse background of different skills, which I think represents many in the sales enablement space. Um, I, I started with a background in finance and international marketing and computers and led me eventually to IBM, um, where I spent time in the marketing organization and in our software group and today uh, in our sales enablement organization. IBM, as many of you know, has been around for, for more than 100 years. We are working today with our clients to solve tremendous problems of digital business and working with our partners and our clients together to navigate that new space. Well, Rebecca, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, Your LinkedIn profile actually really caught my eye because on it, you mentioned that enablement at IBM focuses on giving reps the competencies, confidence, and data currency to spark innovation. I'd love to drill into the components there. And I'd love to start with, you know, what are some of the key competencies that you focus on instilling in your reps? Uh, well, you, you nailed the big one. Um, I think, you know, our, our reps, we talk a lot about relationships and making sure that we listen first and lead with client need. I think sellers have the coolest job in the world. In IBM, you know, we really get to help businesses that support the way the world works um, to think about how to solve problems in wholly different ways. And we deal with everything from world banks and providing microfinancing to very small individual clients who wouldn't normally be able to secure funding for farms or banking. We work with giant shipping companies to make sure that you can understand a supply chain and how it can work better and have confidence in the materials being what you think you purchased. Um, so there's so many parts of business that IBM touches and our sellers get to really work with our clients. It sounds so hokey, but to really make those dreams a reality. And I just think it's amazing. So it's so important that our sales teams take the time to really listen to what our clients feel are some of the major challenges or opportunities that they're facing. That's the big one. I love that. I think that's a fantastic one. Now, I'd love to get your perspective. How is competency and confidence related? And what are some of your best practices for improving rep confidence? Confidence is a part, a really important part of how we show up. And it's one thing to learn something, but it's a wholly other to really have a confidence in what it is that you learn. So we spend a lot of time with multiple stages of learning and practice. Uh, practice is a big part of how we operate. Um, so There's a a tremendous amount of resources available for self-study, and we encourage any seller in our business to take the training that will help them where their clients need to go. So taking that self-study time to read through the materials and practice them. Um, But we also have, from an enablement standpoint, uh, a solution that lets our sales teams practice the story. So they hear first from a sales coach uh, who will give a story and an example of it. And then we have a a forum and a practice for the sales teams to record their message and then have SMEs ready to give feedback on the individual seller's delivery of that message. So practice is a really big part of developing confidence. Um, We want to make sure that we we poke any holes possible before we get to meet with a client. I I love that. But if we could 
double click into that a little bit. How do you go about tracking and measuring confidence improvements? And how are you correlating that to business impact of having highly confident reps? Yeah, in data of skills is constantly evolving space in our field, as I'm sure you guys all know. Um, I will say that we're making great progress here. We have still a lot to learn and discover and are practicing it as we go. Um, so one thing we do measure is how many people participate in the content and the sessions. Um, the second thing we measure is the quality of those practices that I mentioned. So as you do your stand and deliver, um, with, with what capability or score are you having? Some of those sessions are done in an asynchronous model where they're uploaded online and then scored later. Uh, we do have a, a standard rubric for feedback against that so that they are scored and the sales reps do get the feedback on the participation. In our onboarding program, though, where we have people who are new to our business and new to representing the products, we have a stand and deliver practice as part of the exit from the onboarding. So those sellers who go through that part of the experience uh, go in front of a live panel and get feedback against that rubric. Again, feedback is really important to build your confidence in the work. It's a pretty rigorous experience and the, the feedback is they really don't like it and they love it at the same time. Uh, we find our stand and deliver practice to be one of those things that you sort of stay up late the night before to make sure you're really ready. You get sweaty palms when you're delivering and then you are so happy you kind of went through the gauntlet at the end and the feedback helps you be better in front of the client. So we do measure that. Um, ultimately though, confidence is not something that has a number next to it. Um, what we do see is success in our clients and how they feel about the IBMers that they work with. So we measure things like NPS, our NPS scores from our clients, um, and we do measure the success rate for the individual reps and compare that to those who haven't gone through the training. We also look at how many of our sales reps come back to participate in a train as trainers in our work. So it's one thing to uh, to be a student on the other end, but it's another thing to have the confidence and the capability to be able to share that story and teach the next the next round of peers. I think that's phenomenal. Now, on the third element that was mentioned at the onset of this podcast, the data aspect, what are some of the key metrics that you aim to arm reps with? And how does data help your reps achieve high performance? You know, 90% of the world's data is untapped. So I think it is just such a rich field that lots of people are looking at, at how can we get better at it. Um, we have data about our clients and what they're searching for. We also have data about our, their own history with us and, and our history with comparable clients. So we like to benchmark some of our top clients against each other in a positive way. We can know that banks like you in a similar size or in a similar market are interested or exploring certain capabilities. But more than that, we can pair market insights um, with, with particular clients and we can put an aggregate of data together in ways that are really interesting. So let me give you an example. Um, it's it's kind of table stakes now to know that someone has landed on your website, maybe clicked the chat with me button on the side and has had a conversation or perhaps downloaded a white paper. But if 10 different people from a client did that and two of them downloaded a trial um, and they, they used that trial several times and, and someone else attended one of your marketing events, now you have multi-touch different experiences that are not all measured through the same system. In aggregate, though, that can really demonstrate that a, a client at the firm level has a huge interest in a certain capability. So what we're working to do is to analyze the data, 
not from an individual uh, alone, but also the aggregate and what that can teach us about the opportunities or the needs. What are people researching and experimenting more about at your target account? I love that. I think that's very cool. Now, how do you also leverage data to measure the impact of your enablement programs on the business? So measuring the impact of enablement on business is a combination of things. Um, We have to look at the tooling investment that we make and look at the return on investment there. Um, We look at the training, of course, as we attend our our SKO events, our kickoffs and the others. There's often a pretty large return on investment measured from that. And we have to look at um, how many people participate in different training. Again, we look at the comparable results of of sellers who participate in the training versus those who don't. We can see highly engaged workforce. We look at those who have higher yields. We look at the rate and flow of opportunities as they move through the pipeline and close wins faster when they have the training. Uh, So the velocity of opportunities. And we also look at the retention rate. We look at how many of our top talent are really happy with the opportunities they have with IBM and how they engage our clients and that they stay. Um, And so I think it's really looking at the whole human and what are the things that interest them. I think that's phenomenal. Well, Rebecca, last question for you before we wrap up. Do you have some best practices that you can share with our audience around communicating and proving enablement's impact back to your key stakeholders? Well, one thing we do is test a lot of our messages with a subgroup ahead of time. So we do have a panel of executives that we work with, but we also have a panel of um, ground sellers and we rotate them through on a six month basis. So they're giving us feedback before we, we launch anything to the field so that we're sure what we're creating is what there's actually a need for. In large enterprises like IBM, it's pretty easy to get far away from the field. And it's important that what we create has a practical need to help them engage with their clients faster and better. We also love to lead with data. So if we can show, we mentioned a little bit today, how data can change how you work. So whether that's using tools like LinkedIn or some of the other providers we have from a content management or learning management system, being able to show the stories of peers is really important. So we try to to feed out messages that we hear from the field are important. We try to make sure that we listen more and talk less. And we try to make sure that any message we deliver is first delivered by peers. Um, And if it's not delivered by peers, we try to get it as close as possible. So oftentimes it's not the global leadership team that's delivering the message, but it's someone in your market, part of your leadership team, so that you really see and hear and feel that coming from someone that you trust and who is driving your own business and performance. Those have been pretty important components in our success. Fantastic. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.